Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to another barely mentioned podcast, a podcast designed to help men and the women that endeavor to get to know them. If you're watching this live, do me a big favor and share this broadcast to as many people as possible. If you're watching this a little bit later, whether on YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, I want to say thank you guys so much for always tuning in, listening, and watching. I greatly appreciate you guys' support. And for those who are brand new to the channel, this is Coach Josh's channel. Joshua Ezzy is my name. Um, if you haven't subscribed and you feel like this content has been a blessing, feel free um, to subscribe, hit the bell so you get all notifications. Um, but let's get right into it. I want to give you guys some time, about 30 to 45 seconds. Let me know where you guys are watching from here, those who are watching me live on YouTube. What's up? What's up, everybody? What's up, Bronx? What's going on, Simone? Adriana, good morning from the West Covina, California. What's going on, Cali? It's about 9 o'clock y'all time, still a.m. Hope you guys doing exceptionally well. What's up, Tulsa, Oklahoma, with the school out there? Went to Oral Roberts University. What's up, France? We got France in the building. Michigan, what's up? What's up? What's up, Michigan? Hope you guys do it exceptionally well. Listen, what's up, Zambia? Whoa, Australia? Oh, we overseas now. Everybody's watching. Yeah, for the last week or so, man, Coach had a bacterial infection, man, so Coach was out of commission. What's up, Blaine? What's up, Texas? What did you study? I studied uh, ministry. I went to school for ministry. Um, minor in business administration. New Orleans, what's up? Lafayette, Louisiana, what's up? Miami, what's going on? Chicago in the house, what's up? What's up? Hope y'all are doing exceptional, but I'm fine. I'm better now. And now I'm ready for these videos. What's up, Denver? From the IK? What's that? What's, what's IK? UK. What's up, UK? What's going on, Chris? Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. I'm going to go ahead and get right into the talk. Uh, feel free to comment, man. I may answer questions based upon um, their correlation to what I'm talking about and and whatever, anytime I glance over there, I may be able to catch it. But today we're going to be talking about mind games and how to think of ourselves accurately. A lot of people are falling into mind games and it's affecting their self-worth, it's affecting their self-esteem, and it's affecting a lot of men's uh, stewardship and their, and their places in their homes, in, in society, etc. So the scripture that we're in is going to be Galatians chapter 6, verses 3. It says, for if anyone thinks he is something... For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So North Carolina is where I'm from. For if anyone thinks he, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Sometimes the, the games that we play mentally are the ones we, we put on ourselves, the mind games that, that we that we allow society um, to cause us men to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think or to cause us men to think more lowly than we ought to think. But I have a lot of notes that I want to get to that's going to help you guys, you men, you ladies who are watching, uh, better process um, how to navigate these mind games that, that tries to get you to think above where you're supposed to think and below where you're supposed to think and to have you in situations that has you looking like a fool in the Coliseum of life. Let's get right into it. The problem. Many people are not thinking of themselves accurately. A lot of young men, a lot of men, a lot of people, period, are not thinking of themselves accurately. They are either thinking of themselves above or below where they should be. There is a way that God wants us to think. He says he wants to think on things that are pure, lovely, good report. He wants us to think on the things that are above. He wants us to think in a certain kind. What's up, Donna? He wants us to think in a certain kind of way that, that manifests a certain kind of fruit in our lives. It's, it's crazy how many of us are allowing our minds to be ruined instead of being renewed. It is our endeavor through, through understanding and through, 
um, persuasion, like convinc being convinced, like, yo, I have an issue. Yeah, I'm not thinking correctly. I'm not seeing marriage. I'm not seeing women. I'm not seeing money. I'm not seeing these positions the way I should. Then I should do something about this mind because this mind is crazy. But instead of us allowing our minds to be renewed by God, we're allowing our minds to be ruined into a place of rottenness or rottening, a rotten uh, place of rot where, where it's affecting our rule. Listen, I want to rise and rule and not rot and be released from my duties. But let's get right into some causes on what causes us men to think above or below where we're supposed to think, playing in these different mind games, okay? There's uh, one, two, three, four, five eyes. It's simple. I've said this many times in other videos before, but these um these points here should help you understand. But before I get here, how we think matters. Men, you have to understand how we think matters. God cares about how we think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. For out of the heart flows the issues of life. That the mind is, is where it's the computer of the body. God cares about how we think as man. He cares about how you think about money. He cares about how you think about uh, marriage. He cares about how you think about uh, sex. He cares about how you think about everything. And that's why you can't think of yourself as something. Because in thinking of yourself as something, you're thinking above where you should. And you actually nothing or no use to God and no use to anyone who needs you. And the Bible then says that uh, it, when he thinks he's nothing, he deceives himself. Self-deception is the worst type of deception. And how many of us men are in our own eco chambers deceiving ourselves, making us think that we that dude, making us think that we got it all together, making us think that we that we the man, or some of us men thinking below that and deceiving ourselves to thinking that God can't use us or we're no good. But let's get to some causes. Number one, insecurities. Men struggle with insecurities as well. A women is insecurity is not just a thing that women um, um, champion or, or is affected in their communities. It's, it's in men. We are insecure. A lot of us men have been told that this is how a man's supposed to be. And if we don't match this form of thinking, what's up, Ghana? If we don't match this way of living, then we are nothing. Therefore, we begin to pursue these platform of prominences instead of being made into the person that's able to maintain, maintain that platform. What insecurities in your heart, fellas? I struggled with a lot of insecurities growing up. I grew up with a big forehead. You can see it right here. I grew up not having the hazel eyes and the and the waves. I didn't have the good hair. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I didn't have uh, uh, all the clothes. I didn't. I don't think I ever owned a pair of Jordans in my life. I had some Jumpmans, but I never had a pair of Jordans in my life. I never had Tims. I didn't. I had high water clothes. You know, my clothes was handed down from my uncles. My mom and I, we didn't have enough money to just get the freshest pair of clothes. Thank God I went to a Christian school, where a private school where we had uniforms. Because if I didn't have uniforms, man, I, I'm, I'm sure to get clowns. So I had a lot of insecurities, especially going into college and, and, and being the good guy that girls didn't want. And the insecurities of, what well, is it me? What is going on? And, the, and especially insecurities in ministry, when I, when I, when I found myself in God's path and plan and everybody else is being exalted. So I know what insecurities are. You will never overcome the rising of an insecurity, but you can control the, the rule of an insecurity. Now, what I mean by that, when I became a husband, there were some insecurities. I never been there before. 
Fellas, you're going to be insecure at a place you've never been before. That's why when you find insecurities rising in the side of you, then you root that thing into Christ, securing yourself in that, that he, if he's the one that brought you to that place to lead, to govern, to steward, then you should understand that you have a purpose there. But when you allow those insecurities to rise and then rule over your life, now you become a hindrance to anything that you're stewarding. So you're going to be insecure. But do not allow those insecurities to cause you to make dumb decisions. A lot of us men, we bought, we wasted how much money on clothes just to keep up with the Joneses? Bought this car, bought that car, built, bought this piece of land for what? When you secure in Christ, you have a different perspective. You see differently. You steward differently because you are not who you are because of you. You are because of what he is, or who he is, and what he did for you. So a lot of reasons why men think more of themselves than they should get so narcissistic and prideful and egotistical is because a lot of men, they don't, they don't, they, they're insecure. You know, they got to have the best clothes. They got to have the big car. They got to have this. And then they feel like a man. But you know what makes a lot of men feel small? A lot of men feel real big until somebody else pull up beside them with a bigger car, a better bag, a better pot wallet, and a better whatever. Now you done sunken. You cannot allow insecurities to rule of your life because you're going to always be on these hills and valleys. You need to make sure that you... uh. Secure in Christ, so no matter where you are in life, you even. If another man pulls up with a bigger car or a better house or a beautiful, more beautiful wife and you single or whatever, you even kill because everything is secured in him. Even when the insecurities may rise, you know how to put them to the side because you know for a fact I'm going to continue to let Christ rule in my life. Number two, ignorance. Some men, they just, they're arrogant because of ignorance. They just, they just don't know no better, you know? They don't know what the word of God said. They don't know no better. Ignorance, that's all they know is from, and next point, influence. They're ignorant because they're influenced. Their influences, their influencers are guiding the way they think, guiding the way they perceive. And a lot of men, they deceive themselves thinking they something because they're ignorant of just how dumb they look in, 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 in the overall scheme of things. <laughs> this be some young dudes that I that I see. And they walk in a certain kind of way and they think they're the man. And it'd be, it be the sorriest guys on the basketball court with the biggest egos. I'm like, bro, everybody in the gym know you can't hoop, bro. Everybody in the gym know you can't hoop. He write his name all big on the boy. Yeah, man, I'm next. And we like, bro, he back in the gym, but he got all this uh, confidence. But everybody who's knowledgeable about the game of basketball knows this joker can't play. So some people are self-deceiving themselves because they allow within their eco chamber of voices and influence hyping themselves up. But when people who are mature, and I see it in ministry all the time, there's a lot of people who stand and strong in ministry. I'm about to do this, and I'm about to do that for God. I'm about to do this. And all of us jokers who done been through that phase and know what God is really doing, we're looking at that person like, man, that ignorance is really warping their mind because we know more about ministry than some of these young pups do. And those who are more mature will look on another person that thinks there's something, another man thinks he's something, we'll be like, we'll give it a year and a half. I've been taking mental notes about certain people, I'll give it about a year. Because I've been through those phases before. And I've been in place in ministry when I thought of myself more than I have to think. And it come to find out when I meet, when I meet uh, Tyrone, the devil, demon Tyrone, 
demon, demon, uh, big demon. And big demon's like, yo, boy, what you doing up here? Well, you know, I'm on behalf of God. That demon looking at you like, boy, boy, yous ain't ready for us. Then that's when I realized, hey, I only go at the pace of God. But some men, through ignorance, they walk in confident, but are really insecure. And they allow their ignorance due to influences within their ego chambers to puff their head up so much that they think of themselves more than they have to think, and they start floating out of reality. Let's keep going. Impatience and impulsiveness. There's just certain men out there just impatient. They want what they want. They don't want to take God's route. They don't want to take the slow route. So they begin to self-deceive themselves to thinking that they're ready. So they start utilizing, oh, I guess I'm ready for marriage. I guess I'm ready. But they don't have no accountability. They have no rightly dividing understanding of God's word. And they start stepping into these positions because of impatience and impulsiveness. And then they start thinking, oh, I can handle this position. I can handle this. I can handle that. And all out of nowhere, their impatience and their impulsiveness put them in a place that they were not ready for. God wants us men to think of ourselves accurately, not to get in caught in mind games from society because the world wants us men to think improperly. This world wants us to think perversely. They want to affect the way we think about ourselves. And now you done got all these tasks, you got all these goals, you got all these cars, you got all these clothes, you got all this money, you got all this opportunity, quote unquote. And then in the grand scheme of things from the plateau of eternity, you have nothing to offer the kingdom. You have a lot to offer, but you have nothing to offer to God. And God wants us men to think generationally and eternally. When a man thinks eternally and generationally, that man is now set up to be successful. You got to think about generations. How can I continue uh, core principles and values and standards passed on through my lineage? Because at the end of the day, I want to make Ezzy a famous name. Not, not a famous name, but a but a uh, not a famous name. I want to make Ezzy a a, a, a a name of renown, a name of, of, of prestige, where people be like, them Ezzy's over there, there's something special about them. And it starts with me. It starts with me making a decision of what do I need to do now for my children's children? And also, what must I do now for the kingdom of God? When a man thinks on the things of above and things beyond, that man is a successful man. You got to think on things that are above. God, what you want me to do on behalf of the kingdom now? I am your ambassador. I also got to think about the things beyond. I got to think about what's beyond this moment. And am I making decisions that benefits my generations and the kingdom? If not, I'm lost. And how many men are lost out there? Building empires that will soon burn. Building a name with no eternal value. Self-deception is a crazy thing, how we deceive ourselves through ignorance, through influences that we select, hyping us up, gassing us up. Never gas up a person where you know they can't drive. People be gassing up people that don't even know how to drive life, don't even know how to drive in life. And we got to stop gassing each other up and really tell each other the truth, fellas, letting us know, no, you need a little bit more time of sitting. You need a little bit more time of mentoring. You need a little bit more time of accountability. I'm not afraid to be taught. I'm not afraid to be held accountable because I know it benefits me. But when I was a younger man, I was crazy in the head thinking that I was more than I was thinking I was ready for ministry, ready to, to do this or that. And I realized there come, there's a lot that comes with stuff. 
We can't as men think that, oh, I, 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 I I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start this ministry. I'm going to start this business. No, everything has to be led by the spirit of God, period. Or you're going to look like a fool later. Where are you? Where's your head at, fellas? Where's your mind at? How do you think? Do you think you're the man or do you think more of the man that saved you that then makes you feel more like a man, right? So how you think about yourself matters, fellas. We got to think of ourselves after. Ladies, too, you got to think of yourself right. That's a right way of thinking. There's a, like this computer right here. There's a right way of using this computer and there's a wrong way of using this computer. There's one right way and many wrong ways. There's one right way to get this mind right and that's through the renewing by the Holy Spirit. And we got to get into a place where we plug our minds up and allow the Holy Spirit to change the way we think about certain things so that we can always think of ourselves low, not low, like depression, we're talking about humble. And then we know how to navigate life. Like I always say, insecurities are loud. Confidence is silent. That's why you don't walk in a room with your mouth open, your mouth closed, ears open is a confident person. They walk in knowing who they are. They're not, they're, not, they're not looking for people to see who they are. They already know that if you're always looking for people to see who you are, then you don't know who you are. Those who know who they are, don't they know the eyes on them, they're not, but they're not looking for eyes to be on them. It is better to take the lowest seat in the house. It's best to be low and humble because the more quiet you are, the more you can pinpoint the insecure people in the room. <laughs> Every room I go into just about, I, if it's a if it's a familiar room thing, I'm going to be Josh. You see what I'm saying? If it's a familiar room, I'm when it's with the family, I'm going to be me. I'm not going to sit there and be quiet. But when I'm going into new spaces or, 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 or frequent spaces I frequent where there may be more people, I'm quiet. I didn't even know who's insecure. I didn't know who the top dog is. I didn't even know who the little pups are who think they top dogs. And I just, I just watched the room. Because whoever the top dog is, I'm going to make sure I respect wherever he's doing. If this is his house, I'm going to respect his house. The other people that's pups, I know how to talk with them. I know how to talk to every man because I observe. That's why psychology is important. That's why discernment is key. You got to be able to pinpoint different personalities and know how to move accordingly. Content and confident in yourself in Christ. That helps you really become a man of renown no matter where your feet are. Okay? Now, let's keep going. Let me see if I have some more notes. I, got, I didn't have no worksheet. This is all scribbled last night before I went to bed. Bottom line, and in, over, and, and in the overall scheme of things, we are nothing. Hear me. Bottom line, the bottom line is we are nothing. When you think of yourself as something, you become nothing. But when you become, when you understand just how, how, how much of nothing you are, you become something, right? So bottom line is, man, no matter what money, how much money we have, no matter how many cars we have, no matter how many women we have, no matter what we have, we are nothing about God, nothing. Nothing but dirt with some air in it. That's it. Nothing. Now, let's get into some um what makes people what makes men in their eyes something? What makes men in their eyes something? Right? So I, I got two acronyms for something. S O M E T H I N G. I got two. What makes men what men what makes men in their eyes think they're something? And what truly makes us something? What makes us think we're something and what truly makes us something, okay? 
what makes us think we're something versus what truly makes us something. And then I'm going to talk about how to think of ourselves accurately as men. Okay. So. For those who's watching, we're talking about mind games. We're talking about the mind games we play on ourselves that cause us to think of ourselves inaccurately. And right now we're going to be talking about what makes us men think that we're something when we're actually nothing. Number one, S status. Some men, their values in their status, how much where they are, their status in comparison to other people. And when you always, if you find your value in your status, you're going to find yourself uh, insecure and you're going to find yourself a hindrance and a, and, a, and a bad person to be around. You can't think of yourself solely as something from your status. Your status as a man. I'm a husband. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I got this status. I got this clout. I got this position. And life ain't about positions. Life ain't about status if you don't know what status Christ has made you into or put you into. See, my state or my status is not who I am as a husband. The first thing, that, that my first state or status the first thing that determines who I am is not my status as a husband, my status as an entrepreneur, my status in the community. It's not that it's my position and my status with God. My position in him as son determines everything. Right. So when I know that I am a son first, then it helps me to become a father. Then it helps me become a, a, a husband. Then it will help me become a ministry leader. It will help me in every area of my life because I know my true status is not in the positions of this earth. Is in the position. Oh, my wife told me to preach. I'm preaching. But my status is not in, in anything on this earth. My first status is where I am seated in Christ. And if I'm seated high in Christ, then I have a vantage point of how to see myself as a husband. The highest I seek myself will determine the volume of who I become. So if I seek myself up in heavenly places and where Christ is seated, I'm seated mentally and I'm viewing life downward. Now I know that's how to be a father. That's how to be a husband. That's how to be a leader, etc. But what most of us men through my values and the status that I hold, the status that I have. Who do people say that I am? Who do people think that I am? Who cares about what people think or say about you? And what we try to do? Well, I'm gonna look like I'm gonna look the status that that I really don't live. How many of us men try to fake a status? Not knowing that the girl looking at you like that's your car, yeah, that's my car, but you just bought it from your homeboy. The girl's talking about, oh, you look nice, and you went, you you done spent five, you spent five dollars a week on clothes just for to catch the attention of a woman. You better know who your status is in God, it saves you money. When you know who you in Christ, you save money. You'll be listen, I ain't sitting there saying there's a difference between. Um, 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 uh, looking good and looking good to get good. You see what I'm saying? Looking good to get goods. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing wrong with looking good. If you like what you like, you like what you like, but you got to understand when you see it mentally where Christ is, he'll tell you that's too much for that. That's too, you think you, you, you spend it too. look at your budget, look at your stewardship. You can look nice, but you can, you don't have to have everything and top dollar name brand things. And then you're more loyal to Louie. You more committed to Gucci. You know, you know, you know, you more committed to Jordan brand and, and LeBron and all them. You committed to all these different brands instead of being branded by the ultimate brand, and that's Jesus. Yo, we gotta stop thinking that thinking status. Who am I to these people? What do they think about me? And I was caught up in that for a while. Like, man, I don't care what nobody think about me. 
You see what I'm saying? But when you think about status, or oh, my status, my status in the workplace, my status in the, uh, that, 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 that makes me something. When I have the right status, now I'm something. Number two, oh, some people, what makes men, what makes men think they're something when they're nothing? What they overcame. Their story, their overcomings, what they overcame. My status, oh yeah, Josh, boy, I was on that fast, brother. I did a five-day boom, broth fast, dropped 20 pounds. Coach, when I hoop today, when I get buckets today, I got buckets yesterday, and coach was going through the lane. Coach was, coach was saying, I about, I about banged out. Coach, I ain't going back to uh, the uh, uh, first videos, Coach Josh. I ain't going back there. You see what I'm saying? But now I'm 20 pounds lighter. I'm eating better. I'm eating good. I got work to do. And so, so coach, coach ready. Some preacher said they you wear all these name brands because you forgot. That's right. You forgot your identity. Some people find their 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 somethingness in what they overcame. And now their whole story is about in what they overcame versus the one that helped them overcome. Some men, hey, I overcame this. Now they start these ministry. I overcame pornography and my and my I'm something because I overcame it. No, 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 no. But you better when you stay, you better take heed you lest you fall right back in that same sin. You can't be just because you overcame something, you can't find your value in that. Oh, I overcame this. I overcame poverty. Now I'm rich. Now your whole value is in your story of overcoming. Versus the one that helped you overcome. Listen, yes, I overcame pornography. Yes, I overcame poverty issues. Yes, I overcame a lot of different things. But my value, my somethingness is not in what I did to overcome it. It's in what Christ did for me, through me, in me to overcome it. And when you understand that narrative, then you'll be humble. Like, hey, listen, I listen. I never scream that I'm over something because the moment you start screaming, yeah, look at me, I overcome this, you fall right back in that sin again. That's why you just got to chill. Every day you kill yourself intentionally to ensure. But when you start thinking, oh, I got this. I ain't going to never watch porn again. I ain't going to never sleep around again. I ain't going to do that again. You stop, you stop resting. You start resting. You start chilling. That's the worst place to put yourself, okay? What makes men think there's something when they're nothing? M, we spell in the acronym of something, money. The more money I have, the more of who I am. And then listen, money answers all things. Money is a good thing. Money is a resource. It's the love of money that is. And you know, when, when people find their, when men find their value in money, they, they sell themselves short. See, see, my value is in the God standard. It's not in money. You see what I'm saying? My value is in God, is in him. He's above money. He's a resourceful guy. He's a God of favor, man. Following God is cheaper than going your own route because half the stuff I got in my life was given to me. A lot of the stuff I got in my life was discounted. Good stuff, discounted. Soups, shoes, clothes, things were given because I'm in the will of God. Listen, listen. When you always chase money, you find yourself cheap. When you stay in God, you will find yourself surrounded with value. God said he'll surround you with favor like it should. No matter what direction you go into, you're going to find yourself full of favor. So what I'm trying to encourage you, men, is don't get caught up in how much money you have. Listen, I look 10 times more wealthier than I am for real, for real, because it's the grace of God, the glow of God, that his countenance is on me. And now when I navigate life, people be like, man, Josh must be, that's the best way of life. You want, you want to be so chill. And when you, and you got to understand money, 
Money was not meant to be shown. Money was meant to be stewarded. So what happens is people show their money more than they steward their money. And they wonder why they poor. You poor because you show your money. I got to buy these clothes. I got to buy these shoes. I got to buy this next device. I got to buy, got to buy, got to buy. I got to buy, got to buy, got to buy. I got to buy, got to buy. That's your whole song. That's a song soundtrack of your life. I got to buy, got to buy, got to buy. So now you show your money and then you have no money. Why am I going to sit there, <clears throat> pay a car off, get another car? What's the point of, listen, I still got the iPhone, here you go, I still got the iPhone 5S. Kids be talking about me all the time. <clears throat> when are you going to get upgrade? They up there singing a, up, a Beyonce song. <clears throat> they be like, kids be swearing they can upgrade me. Hey, coach, they, they go into my computer, type in a website. Here you go. No, 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 no. Why buy a new phone when this phone still works? People who show their money <clears throat> don't have no money. Those who steward their money, you don't even know if they got money or not, and that's the best place to be. But, man, your value is not in your money. Your value is in the one <clears throat> who favors you. So some men think they're something when they're nothing based upon their money. Yo, man, you still broke the God. <laughs> it don't matter. There's billionaires out here driving proud, shoulders wide, all this kind of stuff. Bankrupt to God. Listen, man, I don't got time to prove my wealth to men. See, see, why lay up treasures on earth where, where moth and rust can destroy, where thieves can break in and steal? The Bible says lay up treasures in earth where none of these things can touch. Now, that should let you know a logical thinking person should know. Oh, I got treasures in heaven. <clears throat> so you mean to tell me when I die, they, 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 I'm laying up. So I'm laying up. So my greatest investment as a man is not in this earth. My greatest investment is in God. Okay, it's in eternity. Okay, so let me lay up treasure up there because am I not going to live there longer than I live here? I don't just want to lay up treasures in a temporary place and then go to heaven even though my soul is saved. I got nothing to show for it. <clears throat> I'd rather be a billionaire in heaven than a billionaire down here or both. But I'd rather be a billionaire up there. I'd rather most of my investment. I wonder what the stock is for me in heaven. I wonder what my financial portfolio looked like in heaven. I wonder how much do I get per video. I wonder how much I'm laying up for the books that I'm producing. I wonder how much I'm laying up and doing what I didn't feel like doing, but did do it because of the help of the Holy Ghost. I wonder how much I'm laying up there. And some of us, we laying up everything down here. And then you get to heaven and God give you a little bucket and it's got about two coins in there. And the lady with the two mics have more money than you. <clears throat> Your value's not in your money, man. Your value's not in your money. I don't care if another rich man comes to me and boat and shows me his money. That's right, heavily stocks. He shows me his money, shows me his clothes. I'm not impressed by that because I know God. I've seen God do great things in my life. I've seen God come through for me financially. I've seen God come through for me for things I ain't even asking to come through for. So my value is not my money because if my value is in the money, I start chasing it, chasing it, chasing it. There's nothing wrong with making money, but don't, don't let money make you. Make the money. Get as much money as you want in this world. The Bible says he taught your hands how to profit. He'll teach you how to get wealth. This ain't, this ain't, well, this ain't no be poor video. No, get your money. Coach getting his.
You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> but I have an eternal goal in my mind. I got advancing the kingdom in my mind. I got taking care of my children's children in mind. So I'm getting to the bag. Coach going to get to the bag. But the bag doesn't make me who I am. I'm doing it for eternal and generational purposes. But when you're doing it for, I just want to look good. Coach ain't going to, listen, I used to love cars, fellas. Hear my heart. I, I want the Wraith. You know what I'm saying? There be times I be like, man, I want that. I want that Rolls Royce Wraith. You know what I'm saying? I want the Bentley truck. You know what I'm saying? I love cars. But you got to understand. You got to understand. That's real. You follow Jesus. Money follows you. That's real. Things just follow you when you follow Christ. But, man, I'm like, yo, man, I, yeah, I want a Bentley coupe. But you know what God told me? He said, Josh, you can get your Bentley coupe if you want to. He said, go ahead and get it. He said, but, but. Think about how many shelters you can build with that money. Guess how many people you can help with that money and you drive that car. You're only going to drive on driving on Saturdays and Sundays. So you got a $300,000, $400,000 car in your parking lot where that money could have been used to reach thousands of people. He changed my perspective. He said, you can get what you want in life, but you, but you got to think about what you're getting. And in comparison to what that money could be used for, now, if anybody want to give me a Bentley Coupe, if anybody want to give me a Wraith, that's on them. The only way I'm going to get a Wraith or a Bentley Coupe is when it's given to me, okay? But I'm not going to go out there and spend money on something where I know there's still work to be done. All right, what makes men something when they're actually nothing? E, emotional attachments. <clears throat> emotional attachments. I'm something because of her. I got her in my life. I'm something now. I got this in my life. I'm something. I'm, I'm emotionally attached to my accolades. I'm emotionally attached to my woman. I'm emotionally attached to my past pains. And me overcoming that past pain made me something. You see what I'm saying? I'm emotionally attached to all these different things. Watch where your emotions are attached to. Because whatever your emotions are attached to are the things the enemy will use to get you off your off your platform. You're going to start being angry or depressed. You're going to be all over the place because you're emotionally attached. Some men think there's something because of their emotional attachments. Some people are emotionally attached to men. Some men are emotionally attached to women. Some men are just emotionally attached to all these different things pervertedly. And it's affecting how they do in life. Now, what makes uh, what makes men think they're something when they're nothing? T, their own thoughts. Their own thoughts. You got to change the way you think because your thoughts can be either treasure tra treasure tr treasure chest or tormentors. Your own echo chamber in your mind. Yeah, I'm that man. I used to be that man. I used to listen back back in the day when I was kind of off. And it wasn't even that far back. I was sometimes what I found myself doing was I would listen to like the money making Mitch by Diddy. I would listen to certain songs. I would listen. Even recently, I had to watch out. Well, two years ago with uh, Meek Mill's champion when uh, West Free. Um, um, I, I, I love listening to songs that just get you in that mode. And then I realized, why am I being selective with my secular songs? Being selective with my secular songs to get me in a certain thinking mood. Oh, here I go. You know, I'm thinking like I'm some boss, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Rick Ross and, and just listen to stuff because I, I needed something to fuel this mental energy. And I realized, man, at the end of that of that influence on my mind with that music, I'm self-centered. Now I'm thinking about, oh, yeah, I'm that dude now. 
Yeah, what's free? You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, I'm doing all, I got all this in my mind. I'm thinking, I'm trying to, I'm looking for entrepreneurial. It was an entrepreneurial, uh, uh, um, um, uh, Spotify uh playlist, right? So I'm just trying to get hype. I'm trying to get my mind, and I'm like, what am I doing? Because now my thoughts are transitioning from doing these things for the right reason to now doing these things for me. And even though my heart was right, I still had to make sure I didn't allow those. That's why I don't listen to those songs no more. No matter how much they get me in the mood, you know what I'm saying? Not matter how much they be like, yo, man, I'm just, that's what I'm talking about. I'm the man, yo. Now I'm like, oh, I'm the man now? Oh, you the man now. God, look at me. Oh, you the man now. God, my bad, Gio. You the man? Where was you when I formed the foundation? Talking, goddamn God be talking to me like I'm Joe. Where was you, Josh? When I formed, you the man? Oh, you the man now. So I said, let me chill, man. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I think I'm the man. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I'm not the man. So you got to watch what you allow in your mind to make you think more of yourself than you ought to. Because sometimes you will have this, this soundtrack of your life having you soar above your place of stewardship. And now them demons in the jaw, why are you up here? Oh, I don't know. We ain't, you ain't come with Jesus. Why are you up here? We be walking spiritual places without Jesus like, like we somebody. No, 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 no. I don't want to go nowhere unless Jesus is with me. But when you start thinking of yourself more highly, like, oh, man, I'm the man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's me. Yeah, I'm that dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm the CEO. You know what I'm saying? I'm this. I'm that. I'm the man. You, got, you know what? Well, let me chill. Let me chill. Because these thoughts are crazy. Having me in my own, you know how crazy we look to God. We got looking down on us like this, and we like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> walking around. Yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, look at me, look at me, look at me. Then we start talking about looking at you and start thinking of yourself. Now you start leaving your source, who is God, and now you start doing things of your own energy, and then you find yourself burnt out. Like, why am I not supernaturally sourced? Now you are like, why my punches are slow? Why am I not? Why am I not? Why, why is it not as quick as I used to be? Why is my words not coming together? Oh, I'm on my own energy. No, 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 no. You want to? You think you something? You're gonna be resourced. You're gonna be sourced by your own energy. No, 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 no. I am nothing, God. I am nothing without you. Mm -mm. No, mine. Stop, mine. No, you ain't nothing. Stop. You ain't nothing. Without God, bro, stop tripping. That's what you gotta do to your mind. Yo, mind, you tripping. You know what I'm saying? You ain't nothing, bro. You ain't nothing without God. And when you tell your mind that, you'll be like, God, now, now that I got my mind together, God, let's do something. When you realize you're nothing, now you're able to do something. Okay. H, what makes men think they're something when they're nothing? H, they're heroes. People just be. Man, I, I have mentors, but one hero. You see what I'm saying? Some people are like, I'm something because I know this man. I'm something because this is my mentor. I'm something because of my father or whoever. Or the lack, you know what I'm saying? They got these heroes that makes them feel like they're something. Now, oh, I saw Jordan do this. Now, there's nothing wrong with being inspired by other people. There's nothing wrong with being, but they cannot be idolized. These are my idols. No, 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 no. You don't have no idols. Whatever you idolize, you become a Kobe to their Jordan. 
You don't got no game of yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. Jordan, Kobe got a little bit better towards the end where his footwork, I think, was a little bit better than Jordan's. But what I'm saying is now you become a direct copy of your idol. No, no, no. I don't got time. I don't, idol, I don't idolize nobody. I admire people, but I don't idolize people. And some men, their idolatry is what's making them something. And now you become these men's sons. And now you find yourself trapped in, 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 that, in that father's closet. And now you've been perverted and messed up in the mind. You've been uh, 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 messed up mentally or even sexually because you overly idolize someone. You got to watch who you think, how you think about these other people. You don't know how they got to where they got to. You don't know who their forefathers is, their mentors are. You don't know what they do behind scenes. You don't know what they want to make you do just to get where they are. Listen, man, you better only you better only follow God. Admire people from afar, but follow God close. Hey, that's cool, God. I want some of those traits. Okay, God, you don't got time, man. Heroes, man. I'm something because of this dude. This dude, listen, don't there's my pastor has done a lot for me, but he cannot be everything. All these the people that I look up to, they, they, they're, 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 not, they're not, they're not even. They're not even close to who God is to me. You and God got to be so tight that no other man can impress you. God got to, you and God got to be so dope, so cool, so close that no other man impress you. Now they may do something impressing, but they don't impress you. What I mean by that, wow, oh my gosh, look at what he did. I wanted to, man, I done seen God do that, man, but God did that through me. I ain't impressed by any minister, any preacher. They may do impressive things, but I'm not sitting over there googly eye like, oh, I want to preach like them. Oh, no, no, no. Because God used this chopper. God knows how to speak to me. I'm not impressed because me and God are too cool. And when you and God are good, you're not easily impressed. And what I mean by impressed, you may be like, wow, that's dope. That's admirable. But you're not like they're pressing in on you. And now you want to be exactly like them. Now, what makes men think they're something when they're actually nothing? I, their ideas. Look at what I created. I'm something now because I created. And I used to deal with that when I wrote my books. I was like, oh, man, look at me. I write books. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, your ideas are great, but they cannot make you who you are. Because what happens when your ideas are not welcomed anymore? What happens when nobody's coming to coming to you for for pushing the culture forward? What if what if you got to make sure your ideas don't make you something, don't make you feel more valuable than you than you really are? Because just because you make things and create things and you good at this, you good at that. What's up, everybody? That you good at this, you good at that. What you good at shouldn't make you who you are. Some people, some men out there, man. I created this. I made this. I did that. I changed that church around. I changed that city around. I did this. Look at my ideas at work. And now they feel something because of their ideas. No, because one day those ideas won't be needed anymore. Next point. What makes men think there's something when they're nothing? Meeting the needs of others. Some all most of all these actually I've been guilty of. So this ain't this ain't me talking against you, fellas. Listen, this coach telling you, oh, I've been there, done it. I used to be like, oh, I was the Superman. I, I love to be Superman. Like, you need a couch move? Okay. You need a fridge move? Okay. You need, a, you need someone to talk to for three hours? Okay. I felt valuable because I met people's needs. No, no, you can't do that, man. You'll be the slave to their needs. <laughs> you'll, be the only, you'll be a slave to their needs. No one even wants you. They just need you. <laughs> you got to watch out for people that need you but don't want you. They need you, but they don't want you. 
The only reason why they want you around because you meet a need. And if you make your valuable in that need, the need, the person's needs that you're meeting, when you realize their heart's not with you, now you're in depression. Now you mean the needs of a woman that ain't your wife. You mean the needs of a man that ain't your husband. You mean the needs of all these different people that you weren't even supposed to. And you put so much equity and energy into that relationship. And now you messed up. Now you a prisoner upon in their mind game. You see what I'm saying? And now you all over the place. You cannot find your value in your ideas. You see what I'm saying? What makes men think there's something when they're nothing? The last one, G, the groups they're around. The groups, their friends, their groups. You ain't something. Your somethingness is not because of who you're around or your friends, right? Um, when you know that, you, you, you don't mind being alone. Like, you'll let God select your group. You won't find value from it. Let's keep going. Now, what truly makes us something? Fellas, what truly makes us something? Got a question. Do you believe the Illuminati are real? I mean, we as Christians believe in demons, so packs with demons or the devil could be real. Yeah. I don't know if that's their name. I think the Illuminati is 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 something. I don't know if it's their name. Um, I think I think it's just the devil running the world with selective men and women who, who is using them to, to try to fight against Jesus when he comes back. And mess up the people <clears throat> while they hear it. So, yeah, people make deals with the devil all the time. And it's unfortunate for them. But uh, let's keep going. What truly makes us something of value to God, others, and ourselves? What truly makes us of, makes us valuable? What truly makes us something of valuable to God, others, and ourselves? S, salvation. I'm something because he saved me. I'm something. Because he saved me. I'm something because of him. See, when you understand that, life slows down. Eyes become sharper. Ears become in tune. Every sense, both spiritual and physical, becomes heightened because you're aware of a new world. A warfare between two kingdoms. And now I'm, halt, I'm in the middle of it. And now... I'm some I'm something now. I'm a soldier now. See, see, it doesn't matter what a man says to me and or elevates me. That doesn't make me something because I was already elevated by Jesus. I was already assigned as a soldier by Jesus. Therefore, I'm not impressed when someone lets me do something or whatever. That's cool. And it's, I, I respect it. I honor it, <clears throat> but it doesn't make me who I am. Right. So so what makes me who I am is that I've been enlisted by Jesus to fight on his behalf and to and to deal business for the kingdom on his behalf. And he saved me from my old self. And now I'm being renewed. And now I see things. I'm something because of that. We're something because of salvation. Man, you ain't you ain't nothing. And when because when you think about it, why do you think they call it the helmet of salvation? Mm, I can't wait to break the armor of God down one day. Why do you think they call it the helmet of salvation? The more I renew my mind on the fact that I am saved, the more protected my mind is. <clears throat> when I got the helmet of salvation on, that means I am in remembrance of who I am because of what he did. I'm in remembrance of, of what it took for me to be saved. And it protects my mind from going crazy because I got the helmet of salvation. I am fully persuaded, full of perspective. 
and able to think and move on behalf of God without interference because I have my helmet on. I know that I'm saved. There ain't nothing that can take it from me. I'm a son of God and I do business accordingly. Now, what truly makes us something of value to God, others than ourselves, our obedience to him. That's what makes us something. We're not talking about delayed obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience, okay? Distant obedience. Disobedience is distant obedience. Obedience that happened distantly down the road. That's disobedience. Obedience is, bet, I'm on it. That's what makes us something of value. God ain't going to come to you if you don't obey quickly. God ain't going to use you. God use me. God be like, it's going to take you about three months to even, even, even think about this. Why do you think God will be talking to some of, you, some of us? Why do you think God will be talking to a lot of people? Because he knows they're not available. The best ability is availability. Those who are able to do it immediately. That's what makes us something of value to God other than ourselves. The quicker we obey his written word and his whispered word. When it's written in his word, we obey it daily. We don't got to wonder about it. It's in the book. And the will that is whispered to us, Josh, I want you to do this. I'm on it. Josh, think about this. Do that by tomorrow. I'm on it. Immediate obedience. That's what makes us something to God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying something. We're talking about we're something because he saved. We're his child. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about the different levels of use, of value. So I'm not sitting there saying that the more I do for God, the more I am favored by God. No, there's just a principle. You know, if a, if a child has, um, can you keep me in prayer, Josh? I got, I got you, Josh, to email me, bro. Contact me on my website. It's like a, a parent, a father who has two sons. One son is lazy. One son works. Which one is the father going to use more? He don't love the, uh, the worker's son more than a lazy son. He loves him equally, but he uses them differently based upon their availability. Let's keep going. What truly makes us something of value to God, others, and ourselves? Our minds being renewed. That's what makes us something of value. Your value as a man is based upon his salvation, is based upon your obedience. It's also based upon your mind renewed. We're not even talking about your value to him as a son or a daughter. We're not talking about your value. We're talking about a different value of usage, value as far as uh, who God uses, right? And so when you know, okay, man, in order for God to use me as a husband, I have to have certain things mentally renewed. There are certain things that every man has to be renewed in. In order to be successful as a husband, father, or a leader, period. There's nothing you can do about it. Your mind, has, and I'm right. I'm going to write a book on this. It's one. Of, it's probably the third book in my chamber. I'm going to be talking about um, the mind being renewed and the importance of it. Right? That there are certain things in in a man and a woman specifically has to be mentally renewed in order for them to rule the right way wherever they are. Why is it that sometimes we keep thinking about some people, even they don't talk to us much because of insecurities? It's because of insecurity. Sometimes we just, we just, our value, we have, we have put too much stock and value in them and, and their words and their presence meant so much to us. And now they're not there anymore. We feel like something is wrong with us when something's really not wrong with us. 
something may be wrong with them or God got them out your life so that you can get your mind together. You see what I'm saying? So in order to stop thinking about people who ain't thinking about you, it's to realize why they ain't thinking about you and to realize how am I supposed to think about myself? How valuable am I to myself? Do I think I'm somebody or do I think I'm just a slave with this person's opinions? You got to change the way you think about yourself. I don't care what nobody has to think about me. I don't care who's thinking about me or who ain't thinking about me because I'm thinking about on behalf of God and his kingdom. And when you have something to think about, you don't have nothing to worry. You don't have to worry about thinking about who's not thinking about you. See what I'm saying? What truly makes us a value of um, what truly makes us something of value to God other than ourselves? Our mind being renewed. I have to have my mind renewed about sex. I have to have my mind renewed about money, financial stewardship. I have to have my mind renewed about uh, uh, faithfulness. I have to have my mind renewed about certain things because the bulk of our life has been the feeding of it, carnal, perverse things in the wrong and in, in, in the perverted way of doing things. So now you have to unlearn and relearn. That's what mind renewing means. God bless you. Thank you. Is is I got to unlearn some stuff. Life is about right now, once you get past about 22, 23, because, you know, when you because we had three bubbles, you know, we had two bubbles. We had the school bubble, the house bubble, and then we had the college bubble. Right. But when you get about 23, it's time to unlearn some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right, now you got to start unlearning things. That's what the mind renews, what the Holy Spirit does. Unlearn that. Get to that. Get, unlearn that. And now learn this. Unlearn, then learn. Unlearn, learn unlearn learn and that's what we have to do in life that's what makes us valuable is my mind renewed enough for the level or the place that i want to rule if not let me get to my mind be renewed the bible clearly says that you transform by the renewing of your mind and where do you get that mind renewed in from fellowship with the father and in intimacy and, and um 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 consistency in his word let's keep going what truly makes us of some what i scribble See what I'm saying? I scribble. See, these are my notes. These these are my notes when I when they ain't on notebooks. And you know, you know, you know I work at elementary school when I got these right here. You see what I'm saying? So these are my notes. What truly makes us something of value to God other than ourselves? E emotional stability. That's right. That's right. What um what makes us what truly makes us something of value to God is when we're emotionally stable. God can't use an angry man. You know, useful. God can't use an angry man. God can't use a lustful man. God can't use a prideful man. God can't use a greedy man. God can't use a pansy man. He can't use none of those kind of men. He uses a man who's emotionally stable because they're at ease. I posted a status today that, um, what did I say? Let me look it up. I said, uh, let me see. Uh, let me find the status. It was oh, someone coming on. Let me see what they say. I said on Facebook and on Instagram, I think. I said, ah, that's the wrong one. I said, uh, give me one second. I said, uh, with God, there is no need to rush. What's up, Canada? I said, with God. There is no need to rush. Rest in his rest. Man, is that not the most, the latest, one of the latest lessons that I learned with God is resting. These last, like the last two years, I learned rest. Last year, last year, I learned rest. Last eight months, I learned rest. 
No, last year. Because when I got engaged, yeah. Uh, so about a year and a half ago is where I learned rest. I was restless, not a man of rest. Because I was in, I was nervous. I was about to get married, man. Ministry was changing. God was telling me to do things that I wasn't sure about. I was a restless man. Until I realized, yo, God always comes through. Why am I worrying about this stuff? Oh, man. Now? I ain't, I ain't bothered by nothing. Coach just be, you could tell. Look at my skin. You could tell. Beard shot, even though it's raggedy, the, the, I don't even use oils. You see what I'm saying? You know, like, Coach that lost 20 pounds, like, Coach at rest. Great roof. I got a great wife, great roof, great mind. Woo. I could have been crazy, y'all. I got a good mind. You see what I'm saying? I, I got, I got, I, I'm at rest. I have nothing to worry about. Even when I was coming this summer, and every summer there's something to be restless about. We work at elementary school. God, I was like, God got it. I'm chilling. And that's the best place to be. Emotional ease. I don't got no craze. Like, bruh, I'm like, bruh, <clears throat> I'm so glad God cut people out of my life, cut things out of my life told me to do online ministry don't worry about paying all this money every month for people to come like bro i'm at ease i'm at rest and i'm and now now i found my purpose with my wife and now we're, we're going hard in the elementary school system i'm serving my church even more i'm giving y'all more content and i'm at rest hey man god can't use a restless man bro god can't use a man Who's anxious about everything? You got to be anxious about nothing. And that takes time. But it takes your mind being renewed. That God's got it. Now, God's got it if you steward right. You see what I'm saying? If you, Why is God going to come through when he knows that when he comes through, you're going to throw what he threw away? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to throw what he threw away. God, that came through, but you threw his through away. You got to. Adrian, what's up? What's going on? You got, yeah, you got to rest. God, you got this. And you know how you know God's got this? Because he done got you 50, 11,000 times. How many times have God gotten you? Take a deep breath. He got you there. Perspective, yo. What makes people think they're something when they're nothing? Oh, I'm sorry. What truly makes us something of value to God, others, and ourselves? T. Tending. Oh, man. Because. God tended me. I can tend what I'm supposed to tend. Whatever you don't tend will end. There's a lot of men right now who ain't tending their daughter. They're not tending to her. They're not pulling up the weeds. And now she's throwing the back. She's the girl at the clubs. She's going all this. She don't know herself. She's finding her identity and all these different things. She's got daddy issues now because fathers are not tending. You know, what your, what your earthly father didn't do, God can do for you, right? But fellas, those who have daughters, those who have sons, those who have wives, you better tend them. You better be there in the field every day, putting that towel over your shoulder. Get The only hole you have is that farming tool, and you tend. You tend that field. You tend your wife. You see what I'm saying? You tend her. You end. What's up? What you? Oh. What you see. That's what the Bible says, men. Wash your woman with word. We supposed to be 
got the towel. Baby, I gotta I gotta wash you. Now don't get when you marry, you can wash physically. <laughs> when you marry, you can wash all kind of ways, right? But what I'm saying is when as a spiritual thing, let's spiritual things. We men supposed to wash a woman with the word, but how can you wash a woman with the word when you ain't been washed with the word, right? So I got a 10. What you need? I'm into you. If you into yourself, don't get married. If you into yourself, don't have kids. But, if, but when you become a man, you things tend for you when you tend for them first. Leaders don't lead from the front. Hold on. Forget what I'm about to say. Because I don't even know if it's going to make sense. Leaders are supposed to tend their people. If I make my wife blossom, I blossom. If I take care of what I need to take care of, I'll be taken care of. What are you not tending, fellas? Your son in that bed, he's in his bedroom for hours by himself. And you don't spend no time with him. Your daughter all out in the streets and you ain't going out there to snatch you out of there. You better, you better tend it. That's what makes us valuable. How we tend. Are you a farmer of your family? Do you know how to farm your family? Do you know how to tend them? Let's keep going. What truly makes us something to God? What truly makes us something of value to God, others and ourselves? H, S-O-M-E-T-H, humility. Humility. When you compare your life vertically and not horizontally, you stay humble. That's the most valuable, the most high quality man in the world is a man of God who's humble, a man of God who's humble. I don't went through my pride phase. We ain't talking about the gay one. I went through my pride phase where I was just caught up in myself proud. Oh, man, I love the humble life. I love serving. I love being able to say, you know what, how can I meet your need? What can I do for you? I've tapped into the law. I've tapped into the principle that, that if you take care of others, you take you take care of the poor. You don't have to worry about wanting anything. If you take care of those in need, you won't have no needs. When you do that from a humble heart and you see needs and you meet them intentionally before they even before the person even know they have a need and you know exactly how to do it. Oh man, it brings so much joy to your heart. When you're able to say, wow, this is the humble life. The humble life keeps you out of arguments. The humble life keeps you out of trouble. The humble life knows how to, you know how to give a soft answer to turn away wrath. You know how to move out here. What makes you valuable to others, God, and everyone? You're humble. Bro, man, what's this life, man? What profits a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Oh, I am so thankful that I know what life is really about, man. Oh, I'm so glad I found God and I found my purpose and I know what life is. Now I walk humbly because I only I am who I'm only who I am because of him. Nothing else. I am not who I am because of the money. I'm not who I am because of my woman, my wife. I'm not who I am because of anything but him. Now, when I know that I'm only something because of him, now I'm actually worth something to somebody else. Proud people ain't worth diddling. People who are caught up in themselves ain't worth nothing to somebody. The people you know nothing about that's doing the dirtiest of works are the people who are the most valuable. What truly makes us men something of value to God, others, and ourselves? I, intimacy with God, y'all. Man, I had a great time with God this morning.
it's the best it's the best type of time i have you know what i'm saying i i get gold man this book that i'm working on man man these card games man i i got i gotta have my brainstorming sessions with god i gotta talk to god i gotta grow into things of god because it affects my preaching it affects the it increases the anointing it increases my discernment it increases my awareness man i gotta spend time with god it ain't no if ands buts about it i'm with god yo god and being with god doesn't always mean i gotta be in a corner on my knees for three hours know what it means is Yo, God, what you doing? What you thinking about? You know, when you with your homeboy, y'all just chilling, y'all having conversations. You with your wife, you having conversations with God. I'm like, God, what you think about this, man? Me and God got such a rhythm that he he, he communicates back. And I'm not talking about audible, but Josh, I think you should do this. No, nah, I'm just saying, look, God, just be like, it's an unction. I know how he talks to me. I know how he moves with me. I know how we vibe. And man, I, I become more valuable from those sessions. That's why I spend time with it because when I come out of my time with God, quote unquote, my stationary time with God, now my step-by-step time with God is even more potent and I'm more sensitive, I'm more alert. I tell you, that's what makes us something of value. Our intimacy with God. What truly makes us something of value to God, others than ourselves? In meeting the needs of others the right way. It helps, it helps. When I meet someone's need, and I'm coming from a humble heart, and I know it's because of God. Man, that's powerful. Let's keep going. What truly makes us something of value, <clears throat> us men? G, growing and bearing fruit. You know what happened to the last tree that didn't have no fruit? It was cursed. <laughs> I'm not saying Jesus cursing, folks. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is, man, you ain't no use, man. What's the point of having leaves and no fruit? That's why he cursed the tree. Bro, you got leaves. Leaves mean fruit should be there. I get to the tree because from a distance, people got leaves. So from a distance, you look at some of these people's lives, you look at some of these men's lives, you look at a lot of people's lives, oh, they must be, they're bearing fruit. But you 50 miles away looking at this tree. Not 50 miles, that's bad. You 50 yards away. Talking about, hey, man, they got leaves over there at that church. <laughs> they got leaves over there at, at with, with him. He got leaves. Well, you 50 yards away. Get a little closer. this leaf out the way ain't nothing there leaf no fruit leaf no fruit leaf no fruit man what what kind of tree is this god knows most people don't have the discernment level or discerning the discerning ability most people don't have the ability to discern fruit they just see leaves leaves is adorning the outside fruit comes from the inside now Last but not least, how to think of ourselves accurately, man. How do we think of ourselves accurately? T, acronym for think. T-H-I-N-K and I'm done. I'm out your way. How to think of ourselves accurately. Oh, my scribbling. T, taking considerations, taking considerations, God's proven love and faithfulness towards you. That's how you think of yourself accurately. I got to think. I got to take into consideration. Just how good and faithful God has been to me. That helps you think right. Yo, God's really came through for me many times. God, you faithful. What else me think of myself accurately is thinking about God's track record with me. Man, you, you, man, God, I can't, I can't think of myself like that because you just too good. It's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. 
God, you've been too good for me to be acting stupid. You've been too good for me to be acting like this, God. I'm gonna start thinking right because God, you God, you gave me that. I ain't even deserve that, God. God, you came through. I should have been dead and gone. I should have been. You, I should have been destroyed in 98. I should have been destroyed in 05, God, but you came through. You see what I'm saying? The way you think yourself accurately is to think on the goodness of God. Think on the goodness. Think on his track record and intentionally renew your mind. Intentionally renew your thinking. That's going to make you renew your thinking of how good, thinking about how good God has been to you. God, help me to, God, because if you've been this good to me, I want people to feel this goodness through me. Since you've been good to me, I want to be good through, I want your goodness to be felt through me. And the only way God's goodness can be felt accurately through you is if you renew your thinking. <clears throat> how to think of yourself accurately? H, humble yourself by comparing yourself vertically to God. That's always going to have you thinking of yourself accurately. Because what happens when you keep thinking, looking to the left and looking to the right, you get caught up in pride or you get caught up in depression. Either way, because if you look to the man to your left and he got more money than you, you're going to sink in depression now, or you sink in in production mode. Now I got to I got to grind to get to his level. You look to the guy to the right and he don't make as money, much money than you and you got better whatever than he does. You're going to get into pride. Oh, I'm better than him, though. I ain't better than him, but I'm better than him. But if there ain't no him over here, you start getting in depression. If ain't no him over here, you start getting into pride. <clears throat> but if you compare yourself vertically, every time you look up, okay, okay, <laughs> I got work to do. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Ooh, I still got work to do. Because it's finished work, I can work. You see what I'm saying? I don't got time. I don't got time to compare myself to this man, that man, because that man ain't running the race I'm running. Okay. How to think of yourself accurately? I invite the right accountability and give your ideas back to God in the form of glory. That's what keeps you humble. See what I'm saying? What keeps you thinking of yourself accurately and humble? Inviting the right accountability. If a person don't want accountability or chooses the wrong kind of accountability is a person don't want to grow. They know value. You got to be like, no, I want the right account. I want people to tell me about myself. Celebrate and criticize. Not criticize, but critique. I want celebration and critique. I don't want you, I don't want I don't want I don't want exclusive of the other. I don't want criticism only and I don't want I don't want critique only and I don't want celebration only. I want people around me that can do both. Tell me about myself. I need to know if I'm doing something stupid, let me know. If I got something in my eye, if I got customized, let me know, bro. If I got something hanging on my nose, let me know, bro. If 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 my ties messed up, let me know. You see what I'm saying? You want to be surrounded by people who going to let you know in a balanced way about yourself? So that's how you think it's about it, man. That's not, but you don't want to surround yourself completely around people that is only at your level or the level beneath you. You want to surround yourself with people who know what it's like to be where you want to be. Ah, uh, listen, <clears throat> I don't got time to surround myself with young ministers, young whippersnappers that only know as much as I know. I want to surround myself with somebody who's got 40, 50 years of experience. Who's going to be able to say, man, come on, bro, bro. You, that ain't how you're supposed to think. It ain't, it ain't, no. Okay? And also, what helps you think of yourself accurately with your ideas is you giving your ideas or gifts back to God in the form of glory. Soon as, it, soon as your gift is out there in the world and it multiplies and it, it, it exceeds and it grows, fellas, 
Nah, giving that back to God. Glory goes to him. All glory to God. When people come to me, yo, that was good, man. I like what you did there. God gets the glory, man. And that's real from my heart because, look, bro, if you really know who I am, bro, I don't really, I ain't that dope, bro. <clears throat> it's because of the Holy Spirit that I am who I am. So I give glory back to God. So when God gives me an idea and he uses my gift and he uses my idea, I have to remember that he, he you, you was in a partnership with someone with this. So you can't take all the glory. You got to give glory back to him. It's in him that I live, move, and have my being. So he gets all the glory. Now, how to think of yourself accurately? And remember, you are never as good as they say you are, and you are never as bad as they say you are. Don't get caught up in the hype or the low. You are not as good. You are never as good as they say to you, say you are, and you never as bad as they say you are. Think of yourself accurately. So when someone comes to you, like, man, you suck, bro. Bro, I ain't going to let that affect me because I'm never as bad as they say I am. Hey, yo, man, you dope, bro, coach. You the truth, bro. Coach, you my new <laughs> coach, coach, bro, bro. When people and people get excited, and that's cool. But I ain't that dope. So when people are like, man, coach sucks, bro. Coach be talking fast and stuff, man. He sucks, bro. I don't pay them no attention. I may look at that and be like, okay, maybe I need to tone it down. Because even, even your haters got something valuable to say. Right? But if someone is celebrating you too high, and I appreciate that God gets all the glory. But you got to remember, you not that guy they think you are. And what I mean is they hyped you up into the pedestal where Jesus mode, but Jesus used you. But that don't mean your mode changed to his mode, right? Um, how did you think of yourself accurately? Okay, know what the word of God says about you. Know what the word of God says about you and know what the word wants you to do in life. If you want to think of yourself accurately, you got to take time to consider God's track record of his love and faithfulness towards you. You got to humble yourself by comparing yourself vertically with God. I, you got to invite the right accountability and give your ideas back to God in the form of glory. And you got to remember you are never as good as they say you are or bad as they say you are. And K, you got to know what the word of God says about you and what it wants you to do. Love you guys. I pray this podcast will bless to the fellas and the ladies that love them and that want to get to know them. I pray you guys got some points out of this. Um, I don't have no worksheet for you guys. I just simply want you to think about how you think. And see if you think you're thinking accurately or inaccurately. I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Hey, uh, everything you need to know about me is at IamUnplugged.com. Um, uh, books, card games, uh, courses, all that stuff. T-shirts like Love Is Not Blind, Infatuation Is. This shirt's available. Those on YouTube, if you look up under the videos, my shirts are down there. I just noticed that. You can go down under this video. I got shirts. My merch is up under there. Um, any resource, I got a lot of resources that you guys can utilize. <clears throat> the purpose of singleness, the purpose of freedom, dating prep, the card games, the book, uh, World War Me on Spiritual Warfare. Um, uh, the purpose of freedom is a book on soul ties. Um, um, got two free courses on my website, one course on procrastination, one course on insecurities. Go check those out for free. If you want to support what I do, adult coaching and youth mentoring program wise for my nonprofit, you can give today towards those causes. Um, love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Um, if I do a video tomorrow, I'll see you tomorrow. I should be able to do a What Should I Do Wednesday. You welcome, Adam. You welcome, Woodland. You welcome. What's up, David? What's up, Swaggy? Oh, you welcome, Swaggy. Um, love you guys. Gotta go. Y'all have a blessed one. See you next time. Peace.